welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So, we have a ton to talk about this week. So much to the point that I decided it was probably best to just go solo. So, it's going to be a solo episode. I'm going to try to keep it to a reasonable length. Although, be forewarned at the top. Like, I got a lot to say this week. So, I will try to uh, keep it as concise as possible. Uh, so chapter 75 rough drafts came out just a couple of hours ago. We're going to be talking about those at the top. Uh, I have some thoughts on the return of a Dragon Ball Super anime and uh, a potential anime streaming service. Uh, you know, some news came out, but uh, more of a conspiracy theory, I think. So also we're going to talk about is Goku stronger than Beerus? Did you think I... I was going to ignore this opportunity to talk about this. That should perfectly segue into uh, Geekdom, my friend Danny. Geekdom versus the memes. Okay, so that's pretty much what we're doing here in this episode today. But first, did you show up this week expecting us to uh, be doing a movie? Dragon Ball Z movie one, so technically the fourth in the series of all the movie coverage we're doing. Well, you know... Originally, that would have been the plan, but you know, some news happened, drafts came out, some community bullshit happened. Also, like the last one that we did for Mystical Adventure, typically we've been making those YouTube videos with uh, like clips and shit. And you know, Matthew's been doing a brilliant job making those videos for the first three. Uh, Mystical Adventure, though, Toei, they just keep uh, copyright striking us when we try to upload it and not letting us. Uh, not letting us do it. And by us, I mean Matthew, because we haven't gotten any strikes. But he got one trying to make that video. So uh, we're going to talk more about copyright strikes, uh, weirdly. But uh, Matthew's been working overtime this week to try to get that video done. We're going to probably get back to the movies in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week should be the anniversary episode uh, with Mike Norm, Jimmy, and Carlton if he shows the fuck up. And the week after that should probably be about the manga. So, yeah, movies will be back shortly. But if you want to support me supporting Matthew to make those YouTube videos, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. You'll get like early, you know, raw video versions before the clips go in of these movies podcasts that we've of the movie podcast that we've been doing. So uh, think about it. So let's get on with the episode. The manga will be dropping uh, next week, I think on the 18th. So we'll be recording on that Friday night. Might be an early-ish episode the week after that. So we'll see. I should be recording that with Leonard. I know he's in. Uh, my buddy Rayshon from the RGAP podcast, uh, who I just did an appearance with the other day, who I'm going to talk about a little bit more in terms of like a theory or like something that I, you know, in the super, you know, theory return part of this episode, I'll talk about uh, Rayshon and Argap and all that. And I believe Reese is up in terms of the Patreon rotation. So should be a fun episode. I think we're recording that on Friday night. Uh, I think like a day or two after the chapter drops. So uh, yeah, anniversary episode. Uh, that'll be next week. If you want to get involved in the anniversary episode, call us up, leave us a voicemail, 401. 213-9596. It'll be me, uh, Jimmy, and Mike Norm. Knock on wood, say they're in. I never count Carlton in for anything until he shows up, so we'll see. But we're basically just going to drink beers on a Sunday afternoon and watch a bunch of Dragon Ball Heroes. 
if there uh, is a voicemail or two, we will listen to those and uh, reviews or, you know, whatever the hell. Uh, we're not going to be giving out Satan Sinister Six this year, I don't think. Maybe later in the year, I kind of have to do like a audience survey thing, but, you know, if you want your uh, voice or influence felt on the anniversary episode, call us up, leave us a voicemail, probably the best way, or, you know, Apple Podcast Reviews, I'll be reading those if we get any new ones. All right, word? Cool. Let's get to these Chapter 75 teasers. So, as I talked about last uh, chapter, (laughs) end of 74, I imagine that 75 will be Vegeta putting on an uh, display in terms of ass whooping against Granola now that he's achieved a new form at the end of 74. And these drafts seem to confirm exactly that. So I'm going to read you the tweets from Todd Blinkenship, Herms98 on Twitter, friend of the show. And by friend of the show, I mean he like responded to like three of my tweets over the course of several months, one time. So. Friends for life from Herms 98. The roughs are out for GBS chapter 75. Quote, a god of destruction's power. Granola, what do you mean your power has no limit? So the title of chapter 75 is a god of destruction's power. Word, bird. Granola says, what do you mean your power has no limit? Vegeta responds, you've gotten really cocky. Get ready, because now I'm going to get rough with you. And indeed, he does. That's Herms' commentary, not my own. Uh, The beating continues. Vegeta then says, The way I am now, the more my fighting spirit burns, the stronger I grow. And that's it. The full chapter will be out in about a week, per the norm. So, even though the drafts just came out like a couple of hours before I sat down to record late on a Wednesday evening, not a ton to talk about. Like, I imagine that Vegeta would put on a fucking clinic. What's the turn going to be uh, for the end of this chapter? That's really what I'm more concerned about. Like, does Granola suddenly catch on? Or does his power suddenly elevate to that uh, beyond Vegeta? They usually do a pretty good job. With hold- Last month they didn't. But they usually do a pretty good job of holding something back from the drafts that actually comes out in the chapter where you're like, ooh, that's interesting, I wonder what will happen. And I'm a little worried that that thing that will be interesting and a different kind of turn that nobody expects is, yeah, the drafts give out Vegeta handing out ass whoopings, but the unforeseen part is, (laughs) at the end of it, Vegeta's, like, getting his own ass whooped. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I think I'm just probably just being pessimistic. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, that's it for 75. We'll probably get another one or two things throughout the course of the week. So keep an eye on your Twitter feed, Instagram, Facebook, all that. If you need help with keeping up with that shit, go follow us. Instagram is at dbsuperdope. Twitter is at dbsuperdope1. The number one, dbsuperdope1. You got that shit? All right, word. And Facebook, uh, what are we? Superdope Pods. So Superdope Podcasts. Uh, So yeah, hopefully we'll get some more stuff. We'll see. So one of the things I'm going to eventually tackle in this episode is that question of, is Goku stronger than Beerus? Okay. And uh, the reason we're going to talk about that is because Toyotaro did 
an interview with Victory Uchida, who is the editor for V-Jump earlier this week for the Dragon Ball website, uh, dragon-ball-official.com. And in said interview, it was alluded in terms of Goku's power and progression and like where he's at with his overall growth with his power level. He still has people and like other benchmarks to aspire to included in those Beerus, Whis, the Grand Priest. So we're going to talk about those Toyotaro quotes. I pulled a couple of them and like kind of, you know, took a couple notes on some other things he said in that interview. It's like 16, 17 minutes long. It's actually pretty cool. I recommend that you go check out the full thing. I think it's pretty interesting anyway as a fucking Dragon Ball nerd, but it's interesting for me to hear him talk a little bit more about like how his ideas and designs and concepts are integrated into you know the overall story storytelling uh, of everything because something i speculate on a lot i think a lot of people think they know how that system works like toriyama at the top shuish is involved and you know toritaro's drawing stuff but like is he doing more than just drawing stuff I think a lot of people think they have a beat on that kind of thing, but I don't know, man. I think that situation's a little bit more fluid than people give it credit for. We're going to talk about that, but what I found interesting this week was the format in which that interview came out. We're going to talk about the meme. We're going to talk about geekdom and Dragon Ball exclusives, all that stupid drama bullshit. We'll talk about that, I promise, but... I thought the format in which it came out was interesting, mainly because it's it's kind of eluded me personally. I guess I didn't realize uh, exactly how unfiltered I could get this information, like directly from this website, and I've just been consuming bits of pieces of it, uh, like through Twitter or Instagram or whatever, for the last several months. But they've been doing like a weekly Dragon Ball video news thing on this website with V-Jump editor Victory Uchida with his dumbass fucking yellow hair things on this website. Basically once a week, every month, since like the beginning of May, thereabouts. And that's where this interview comes from. So I do think it's notable and interesting that not only did they like take this new official Dragon Ball website, make an English version of it, but like they're using it to very much control like the information, you know, leaks and publishing and stuff like that, control that kind of narrative on their own terms so they can get their own traffic before, you know, all the clout demons on fucking Instagram and Twitter are repurposing those scans that they get from, you know, websites in Japan or whatever a few years ago and, you know, using those to build Twitter, Instagram, you know, account career kind of situations for themselves. Not that I think that that'll go away, but. I feel like Dragon Ball saw, uh, I say Dragon Ball as like an entire entity, like all the people who make Dragon Ball, Shueisha, Toei, whoever. Uh, I feel like they saw all that clout and all that money and all that shit that those people could get. And they were like, yeah, we want it. Yeah, we'll make our own website. Sure. We will make an English version. Here you go. We'll give you guys a fucking, y'all make podcasts and YouTube videos and shit. We'll make the YouTube videos now. Like it gives me that kind of vibe, which Brings me to my next point. It's something that I've talked about. I don't remember exactly when. If anybody does remember, let me know. You probably listened to that episode 
way more recently than I worked on it. So I said at one point around the end of Super that it wouldn't surprise me if Toei had a similar kind of outlook on basically what I just outlined. Like they saw all of the potential traffic that was going like to Facebook rips of, you know, weekly Dragon Ball episode uh, or, or like torrents to illegal websites of people uploading it within a few hours. They probably saw that and they were like, hmm, got to get us some of that shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like that kind of coincides with why they've become so vigilant when it comes to people reusing their material. Like I mentioned at the top, I can't believe I'm battling a copyright strike thing with Toei this week because I'm trying to cover a movie they put out in fucking 1988. What is my life about, you know? So I remember back then making a thing, an argument, a conversation point on this podcast about it, about how it wouldn't surprise me if they saw that kind of activity and they were like, let's cash in. Let's get our own like streaming on-demand service. Now, you're probably thinking, like, isn't that kind of what Crunchyroll was doing? Yeah, a little bit. But I believe they had a, a lag. I'm not exactly sure how Crunchyroll works. I've never been a Crunchyroll subscriber. I feel like it was at least a 24-hour lag from its live debut in Japan as where... Uh, you know, if you were in the Facebook groups, you could find a link to an episode within 45 minutes of it dropping. Somebody would have ripped it and uploaded it and subbed it. It was it was a remarkable time to be a Dragon Ball fan looking for bootlegs, I'll tell you that. So, earlier this week, it was announced that Funimation has officially acquired... Um, I say Funimation, but the parent company of Funimation is Sony Entertainment. So, Sony Entertainment. They acquired Crunchyroll. Now, Crunchyroll and Funimation used to share a lot of content back in the day, but when AT&T was sold off, uh, I believe, no, excuse me, when AT&T purchased Warner Media, Funimation was like, well, you know, if we continue this partnership, we're making money for our competitor, AT&T, and, you know, we're kind of all set with that. So Funimation, like, pulled a bunch of their crap from Crunchyroll almost immediately, right? So, Sony, which owns Funimation, purchased Crunchyroll. Now, again, that's owned by AT&T, WarnerMedia, for $1.175 billion. They used to share a lot of content, but Funimation pulled their shit last year because AT&T bought WarnerMedia, who owns Verve and Crunchyroll, uh, and, this ending the port- and thus ending the partnership with Funimation. So... Uh, for whatever reason, I decided to like write everything down in a notes app this week, which I typically don't do. Like longtime listeners of the show, like know I write everything out on legal yellow pads and shit. <laughs> legal yellow pads. They're legally yellow, bitch. Uh, anyway, they used to share a lot of content, but when that merger happened, Funimation pulled everything out. The merger was announced in December 2020. But it didn't become official until just this week. So it took eight months to go through courts and like get approved and whatever, not overturned. I don't remember if we talked about this in December 2020. Wish I had time to go back and check it out, but I don't like myself that much to listen to that. So why the fuck am I even talking about this? Why do I care that Funimation and Crunchyroll are basically becoming one entity again 
because of a purchase that Sony made. Who gives a shit, right? It's usually my refrain. We'll get to who gives a shit in a, in a little bit, but why do I give a shit? Well, Sony owns this company called Animax. Animax is the first 24-hour anime station in Japan. And it's a collective of studios who band together to make this station and thus have become like collective owners of this station, Animax. And uh, they're owners in conjunction with a Sony subsidiary called AK Holdings. So the studio owners or like studios who are owners of this company include Sunrise, Toei Animation, TMS Entertainment, and Nihon Ad Systems. I don't know if Nihon Ad Systems is a... <laughs> it, maybe they are. Who gives a shit? Anyway, Sunrise and Toei Animation. There you go. Now, they have been a company since 1998. Again, first 24-hour anime station. And they were very popular in Japan. A duh but also throughout several other countries, mostly in Asia, but I think they also had some like Western European markets as well. Uh, they also had a subscription service very early on in terms of like when you could stream television to your telephones. Uh, I think they started it in like 2007 or 2008, but they it was only available to people in countries where that service was available, and they discontinued that service. It was a mobile-only service. They discontinued that in 2016. So this Animax thing that Sony owns and is made up of two prolific anime studios in Sunrise and Toei hasn't had a mobile or excuse me, a streaming service in like a proper fashion ever. But like its most recent iteration was just a mobile only. So uh, five years down the pike here, they now own Funimation. They now own uh, Crunchyroll. You know, Crunchyroll's got a very substantial, you know, subscriber base, like 5 million plus paying subscribers in over 120 countries. Automation doesn't make that shit uh, available. So this brings me back to kind of how we got here. What does Animax have to do with Dragon Ball, if anything at all? Well, Animax has aired Dragon Ball in the past, which I'm told gave way to the Animax... Asia dub of Dragon Ball for English speaking countries in Asia, like the Philippines. So uh, I'm told it's one of the rarest dubs known to exist, but maybe that's something we can try to explore at a different time because, uh, yeah, it seems pretty rare. I, I didn't hear about it until today, and I've been a Dragon Ball fan for a long time, you know. Uh, anyway, Crunchyroll has 5 million plus paying subscribers in 120 countries. My point is, maybe now that Sony owns all three, has a history with airing Dragon Ball, obviously has those distribution rights, Animax having a long history in the eastern parts of the world, Funimation and Crunchyroll, probably mostly Crunchyroll if I had to bet, uh, having such sway in the West, why not combine those three into one worldwide streaming service and rebrand it as like a Crunchyroll International or Crunchyroll Global or like just rebranded as animax and if you want you know keep the western facing audiences as crunchyroll and just kind of have like the same kind of app interface service whatever but like have it be branded two different ways that doesn't make any sense would it just call it crunchyroll or animax you know what i'm saying 
Would it be something new altogether? Uh, who knows? But now that the acquisition is final, my question here is, my conspiracy theory brain is asking, uh, how long until there's a rebrand or a new subscription service that's announced by Sony or Animax or, or Funimation or Crunchyroll, how long until one of those companies comes out and says something about like what to expect in the future for their respective companies? What kind of rebrand could they be doing? If they could be doing one at all, could it just be like a combination of those three things and you know a completely new service and those other three shut down and all the subscribers to Crunchyroll are automatically moved over to this new thing? That would be a great way to kickstart that, right? A subscription-style service in the vein of Netflix or Disney Plus available worldwide that's built just off of anime, especially when you think about how much money that Hulu and Netflix have invested in anime over the last few years. Like, there's obviously a fucking market for it. So for somebody in Japan to take the reins and be like, yeah, you Americans like that anime? You American companies like to redistribute that anime all over the world? We'll just take care of it from here in the fucking motherland. Like, I can see that sort of situation where they've been kind of waiting for the pieces to line up in the right place, and hopefully we will, uh, you know, get a new streaming service uh, that we have to pay five, six, seven, eight dollars a month for just to be able to watch Dragon Ball Live. So um, an anime service with a catalog build off the aforementioned studios combined with the previously owned distribution rights of Funimation and Crunchyroll Put those all into one roof. They're going to have all the anime in the world. And what better way would it be to kick off that new service than to be like, hey, we have a new service coming up, and guess what else is going to be debuting on it you know, exclusively? Dragon Ball Super, the anime, returns. Gonna go and go and kickstart this. I fucked up, but you know what I'm saying. You're going to kickstart that subscriber base. If they were to line it up, like the Jiren fights in the Tournament of Power literally broke the goddamn internet. They want in on that action. If they can coincide uh, a streaming service launch that's international, uh, available, you know, obviously in Japan, but like they can also simulcast into America at the same time. Crunchyroll and Funimation gives them a huge leg up with the subscriber base in those respective regions they want to be in. Now just develop the app interface to be able to do it. <laughs> it's going to be dope as hell. What better way to kickstart that subscriber base than with the return of Dragon Ball Super Anime? So that was a very long-winded conspiracy theory. I'm literally fucking winded because it's kind of getting hot. Turn the air conditioner off, but... Yeah, really long-winded conspiracy theory about how now that that acquisition is final, I think that's a positive sign for the return of Dragon Ball Super. But I was thinking about some shit the other day, right? One of my friend Rayshon's podcast the other day, RGAP, R-G-A-P, the Rayshon Gatson anime podcast. Go check that shit out. I'll probably drop a link in the show notes. But we just talked about Chapter 74 and uh, what I thought about the revelation of the San Diego Comic-Con panel and Dragon Ball Super Superhero and all that. But I had this sort of revelation when I was talking with Rayshon that I didn't have when I talked with the boys on um, you know, the previous episode that we released about the movie news. And if I did say parts of it there, maybe I just didn't complete the thought. Maybe it wasn't fully baked. So if any of this sounds like I'm repeating myself, 
Maybe I am a little bit. We know Superhero. I'm just going to start calling it Superhero. We know Superhero is going to be coming out in the year of our Lord 2022. Dragon Ball Super Broly came out in December of 2018 and then made its way over to America in January of 2019, just a year later. So now that we know that the Superhero movie will be in 2022, got me to thinking, especially covering the movies, like where so many of these movies have either come out in the month of March or the movies come out in the month of December. So given how close we are to March in comparison to December right now, it wouldn't, you know, Broly came out in December. I believe Frieza came out in March. My point is it wouldn't surprise me if this movie in 2022 comes out in December, which is basically 2023. It'll definitely be 2023 by the time it comes to America, if that's going to be the case. But it got me to thinking, there's going to be this time skip, obviously, because we've seen that Pan ages up a little bit, a few years. And like, I went down this long rabbit hole of like doing the tournament over and they got to conceal their identity and blah, 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 all that bullshit, whatever. But it made me think to myself like, yeah, so we're going to see the movie next. And then after that, we'll see the anime come back where they're going to animate the Moro arc and then the Granola arc, which will take place three years before the movie that I just saw was set. So they're going to jump me forward in time three years to see Pan age up and then bring back an anime so I can see Moro and Granola arcs played out. Like, what kind of sense would that make to show us the future in an animated medium in terms of like the story and the canon with Pan being older? What, 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 what sense would it make to show us that just to have us snap back to an anime weekly, you know, style that's set three years in the past? I thought that the other day, just talking with Rayshawn. So go check out the full episode. Um, my point is, it wouldn't shock me if we actually get an announcement and a subsequent return of the anime before this movie comes out. I realize that's a really brave statement, but December 2022 is 16 months away. It's almost a full year and a half. When Dragon Ball Super, the anime, came out, it was announced only a few weeks after the return of Frieza movie, revival of Frieza. And then it dropped, I think it was like six or seven weeks later. It was announced in April. The Frieza movie came out in March. Anime was announced in April. It started in July. They had like six or seven weeks of ramp up time. Over the next 16 months, they have all the time in the world to ramp up production on an anime. Now, obviously, like I said, I could be wrong on that. Just like a few weeks ago, I was hopeful that the movie would be like, and I, I, I hopefully I'm still right on this. This is like best case scenario. But like they focus on the tournament that happens at the end of Dragon Ball Z where Goku and Oob meet each other. But talking with Rayshon again, I was like, yeah, man, Gohan has to enter that shit as the great Saiyaman. Look out. He's like, oh, but he's not, he's not in it at the end of Z. Like he's just a spectator. You're, you're mistaken. And I'm like, yeah, but. They'll change it anyway. Who gives a shit? I, no, like I could, I could be wrong. Uh, Talking about those Tenkaichi Budokais the other day, if you're a member of the Discord, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, links are in the show notes. Go join. But 
after I put out that episode where like I ended that shit with like, I meant the 20 fucking sixth Budokai with the slow opening song I did a long time ago. If you listen to that and you were like, hey, idiot, you still fucked up the Budokai numbers. You're right. I did. I realized over the last few weeks, uh, and then I had this very public text meltdown in the Discord about how I don't know my Budokai numbers, that uh, I, I, because there are several Budokais that happen off screen, but like still count toward the count of how many Budokais there have been, I routinely have fucked them up. Uh, I make that mistake. I'm willing to admit it because I'm not a perfect person. I'm some dweeb on the fucking internet who likes to talk about Dragon Ball by himself for a few hours at a time every once in a while. So uh, I think the important message here is that understand that people are fallible. They make mistakes. They say stupid shit every once in a while. And that I think maybe you just got to learn to admit that, you know, I hope that that theme isn't going to be recurring for the rest of this episode. Anyway, I think the remedy for this is now that like we're doing the movies, like I'm thinking of like other theme-based episodes that I can do in the future, and I think I definitely want to do a podcast episode per Tenkaichi Budokai that we see on screen. Because like 21st, 22nd, 23rd Budokai, early Dragon Ball, good excuse for us to talk about that here on the podcast, I'm all about it, but... You forget about so many fun, cool characters in those early tournaments. And then the late tournaments as well, like the ones that you see in late Dragon Ball that I fucking forget because I'm a dummy and, you know, whatever. And then the one that you see in GT and the one, the things that you learn about the ones that you see uh, that you do not see that happen off screen. I think that we could make podcast episodes about those and it would be a good exercise in learning and me remedying my problem about knowing proper numbers of Tenkaichi Budokais. So, uh, that is the first half of the episode. I'm going to take a break real quick, and I'll be back soon. Okay. Good break. Welcome back. So, probably why you were interested in this episode, right? Uh, Toyotaro had an interview with Victory Uchida, who is the uh, editor of V Jump magazine uh, on this Dragon Ball official website. And again, translated into English, just like another example of how they're positioning themselves to be able to distribute all of their shit worldwide. I'm telling you, it's part of the greater conspiracy theory, people. But <sighs> there were some quotes given in this Toyotaro thing that, uh, I didn't think we're very upsetting or a big deal, but somehow it caused some community drama that I want to talk about, but I'm just going to uh, read you guys the translations of what was said as they are said here in the background. So let me do that. Again, I do recommend that you go check out the full video links are in the, the show notes to this full like 16 17 minute interview this is just a small clip so here we go for this story granola this is toyotaro speaking for this story granola is the strongest in the universe and so in that chapter i just wanted everyone to see just what that meant up front we had a hard time figuring out what exactly quote unquote the strongest in the universe meant 
Even though we can say he's the strongest in the universe, I really wanted to show it. And then also his special skills or skills as a sniper. Again, go watch the full thing. He talks a lot about how he was like dead set on making Granola a sniper type character from the get go. To really have all the readers believe he truly is the strongest in the universe. With this chapter, especially Goku, but the results of everyone's training is really starting to show. Like, it's amazing how they grind and grind away and become super powerful. It wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be Dragon, and that is, and, and Toyotaro says in response to Uchida's, you know, wouldn't be stronger if it wasn't Dragon Ball. Toyotaro responds to Uchida and says, yes, it wouldn't be Dragon Ball if everyone wasn't getting stronger. I feel like both Goku and Vegeta have to become stronger than they were when they fought Moro. This is where it gets interesting, boys. Uchida responds with, but Goku was unbelievably strong against Moro, wasn't he? And Toyotaro responds with, yes, he was kind of perfect. Going beyond perfect, that's pretty challenging, Uchida says. Toyotaro says, yes, that's why in the first half of volume 16, we showed that there's a level of perfection beyond perfect. So 16 is, I believe, chapters 69 through 72. Uchida then replies, it's like there's still room to grow. Toyotaro responds, there's plenty more for Goku. There's Whis. Uchida says, and of course, Beerus. Toyotaro says, yes, Beerus, and then Broly, and the Great Priest. The Grand Priest, excuse me. Those are the main quotes that kind of like spark this meme controversy. Any other notable stuff? Sure. Uh, Toyotoro came up with Granola. Uh, definitely wanted to incorporate steampunk elements. Toriyama approved Granola, but he was the one who was mostly responsible for the final designs of the heaters. Uh, there's a lot of insight about how the two work together. He also gives a little hint about oatmeal. He says, and that's how Oatmeal was born. In regards to like how two characters, you know, communicate to be able to like give exposition in a story. He's like, yeah, that's how Oatmeal was born. And then he follows it up with, he'll come into play later. And he's not just there to explain the story. So Oatmeal teaser, everybody. Um, but yeah, chapter 16, uh, excuse me, volume 16 is uh, chapter 69 to 72. Uh, recap. I feel like we should do some recaps on the Tonkabons only because it's so long in between each chapter. Like sometimes I forget details from month to month. Like one thing was like in the, in this uh, group of chapters, like it's revealed that Namekians are not born on planet Namek. I guess I knew that, but like also I don't remember it explicitly being stated in there. So I don't know. Maybe, like, in addition to Tenkaichi Budokai episodes, we'll do some Tonkoban review episodes at some point in the future. But, is Goku stronger than Beerus? Geek the meme. You guys ready? Now, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there was a decent shot you saw this meme regarding quotes from this interview and some shit that Geekdom 101, friend of the show, Danny Geekdom, one of my best friends, on Facebook and in real, I'm just kidding. He doesn't like me very much, but some meme account on Facebook took screenshots of some shit that Danny said regarding like how Goku had surpassed Beerus in power during the Moro arc, especially during the conclusion of the Moro arc. And Danny being Danny, that being something he believed, 
he what did he do? He went out and talked a bunch of shit on Twitter on people about how they were dumb for thinking that uh you know Goku still was yet to surpass Beerus. So they made a meme. Let me explain the meme to you. Uh, at the top it says, Who is stronger, Goku or Beerus? And then it split down the middle. On the left, it's a picture of Geekdom from uh his his heftier days. And it says, Goku surpassed Beerus in the mor- moral arc, end quote. And then it has some screenshots of his shitty tweets of him making fun of people, including, Beerus was threatening to do something, so that means he's obviously still stronger than MUI Goku. Then it's one of those, like, shitty-faced brain memes of somebody, like, sucking their own dick or whatever with a little tiny gray brain. Good one. Uh, we never saw a farmer with a shotgun at full power. He was suppressed when Raditz read his power level, so there's a chance he can stomp Jiren. Again. We get it. You're very sarcastic. You're very edgy. So I'm doing a video that's going to show all of the evidence that Beerus has been surpassed. And trust me, there's lots of it. Okay, so that's the left side of the meme. The right side of the meme is just the Toyotaro thing from the interview we just did quotes from. And it just says, Goku still has plenty of room to grow. There is Beerus, Whis, and the Grand Priest. So, was Danny wrong? Is Beerus still stronger than Goku? In my professional opinion, as a fan of 25 years, someone who has made more than 200 episodes of this goddamn podcast about Dragon Ball, pretty much mostly just specifically about Dragon Ball, in my opinion, is Goku stronger than Beerus or vice versa? In my opinion, who fuck cares? Power levels have almost always been bullshit. Even when they were low number things, characters are exactly as strong or invested in a story as the author needs them to be. That's not exclusive to Dragon Ball, but goddamn, is it relevant in Dragon Ball? Surprisingly, the person in the wrong here in this whole situation, again, this is the same meme Facebook account that I bitched about for chapter 74, releasing literally like 50 different colorations of what they thought Vegeta's new form would look like. And like, I got annoyed enough with that to mention it on the last manga review. It's the same people. It's those same fucking idiots. They're the people who put out this meme with tweets, screenshotted tweets that have since been deleted, which is a whole other thing. We'll talk about that, but the other people who put out this meme with like screenshotted tweets, just trying to pick a fight. And in the corner of the meme, it's like fat YouTuber is angry regarding Danny being a bigger dude, not having lost. I don't know. He lost like 70 pounds. So whatever. It almost sounds like I'm defending dude right now. So uh, I'm not. So let me, let me explain here. Uh, even though I feel like he's not in the wrong, at least in terms of how this whole thing kicked off, obviously Exclusives is, you know, a super fucking chud and started this just for clicks and engagement. And it works really well to the point where, like, I felt the need to talk about it and thought it was worth, you know, putting off another movie for a week. But uh, Danny, the bigger man always, this decided to uh, not only respond in tweet, but also in video. But uh, we'll talk about the tweet first. I'll read these two tweets. About Beerus. I suspected Ultra Instinct Goku surpassed Beerus in the moral arc. 
I was going to make a video about it, but I changed my mind because I was not sure. At the start of Granola Arc, I suspected Goku perhaps did not surpass Beerus. I stated this in videos and streams. Continue to the next tweet. I've noticed for a while that people have this constant, thirsty, small dick energy for trying to prove me wrong slash debunk me about trivial shit. Even if I changed my mind or if things change. (laughs) But some people ignored that and use old statements to quote unquote win. Thanks for the free rent. (laughs) I cannot properly express to you the cringe that comes off of that tweet, right? But uh, as if that wasn't enough to like make his point heard around the world, he made a video too. A video where he basically just kind of talks out of both sides of his mouth as he typically does. I think it's weird that he admits that he deletes the tweets or deleted the tweets from back then uh, of him like being a dickhead, being a bully to people who think that Beerus is so stronger than Goku and him bullying them, I guess, on Twitter and being like, look at this idiot. Let me make fun of him. I think it's very strange he deleted those tweets. I don't know why he deleted those tweets. I don't know when he deleted those tweets. But I'm curious as to, you know, what made him delete those tweets. Uh, They were about nine months ago. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about that part. I also like that he talks about how he too, you know, he wasn't wrong, but changed his mind and was thinking about compiling evidence for a video that actually made it so or would have actually proved that Beerus was stronger than Goku and not the evidence that he talked about in one of those earlier tweets about how Goku has surpassed more uh, Beerus and there's a lot more evidence for it than you would think or whatever the heck he said. Funny that something changed from that very bold statement. He, he wasn't wrong, but he changed his mind and started compiling evidence about a new video where Lord Beerus is actually still stronger than Goku, but he just was still unsure, so we never made the video. I get it. You're never wrong about anything. You just change your mind about things. And uh, if you didn't change your mind about things, things change. Got it. Now, here's the thing. Do I give a shit about this particular situation with him being right or wrong? No, not really. I don't. (laughs) Uh, Is he talking out of both sides of his mouth, trying to say that he's not wrong and hasn't been wrong and was actually well-informed the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Does that irritate the fuck out of me? Yep. Just say you were wrong and move on, dude. Like, who the fuck cares? It's not like we're gonna think that you love Dragon Ball any less or that you're gonna make any less money next month or whatever you think that you're going to suffer in terms of street cred. The fact that you had to respond to this meme shows me that, like he, he uses the rent free thing. Oh, I'm living rent free in your head. Thanks for the free rent, free rent, living rent free. And somebody said, mm, whatever, I'm not going to get into the fucking phraseology, but my point is if you really felt that way, you wouldn't have made a response at all. But if you did feel the need to make a response, the easiest response would have been, yeah, who gives a shit? Who cares? 
It's a fucking cartoon. It's a little kid's cartoon. And to homeboy's credit, after he goes on for a couple of minutes at the beginning of the video about how, how unbothered he is and how he changed his mind and how he wasn't wrong, but he changed his mind. It's so funny the way that he just can't possibly admit that he was just like genuinely wrong about something. He even goes on and later on in the video to be like, yeah, you know, I'm wrong about things sometimes. But then like follows it up with saying, I changed my mind about those things that I was wrong about. Which like, I guess like, yeah, if you're wrong about something and you learn that you were wrong and you learn the right information, you change your mind about it, I guess. But he doesn't say that he was wrong and changed his mind. He just says that he changes his mind. It's quite revealing to me, in my opinion, like armchair therapist fucking style. But in the middle of this thing, he does go on to say basically what I just said. Who cares? It's a little kid's cartoon. Like, I know, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, who gives a shit? Uh, he basically does go on to say exactly that and uh, rehash. Then he decides to rehash the statements from his tweets. Uh, I do think it's funny that he mentions that he wishes that the people who make memes out of him would get a better photo because he's lost like 70 pounds since like the photo everyone uses is you know from three years ago but i think it's funny he says like get a new photo because he's obviously bothered by the old photo but it's like dude you're a meme now memes don't age they don't call up the fucking baby with the victory fist once a year and be like hey let's get your updated headshot you grew another year you're fucking three instead of two now. It's got you holding up a baby victory fist at age three. They don't they don't do that for memes. That's the that's the trade-off, buddy. You're a you're a pop pop culture figure. You're somebody in the public atmosphere who takes photos with like sometimes less than flattering ones. Although from what I understand, the people that keep the people who keep memeing this photo, it's actually a photo that you posted personally. Whew. That sucks. Anyway, you're a meme now. Memes don't age. That fat geekdom photo will be around for as long as you are alive, my friend. Doesn't matter if you lose 70 pounds and started listening to Joe Rogan and learned about keto and fasting or whatever. You're that fucking fat kid shoving a cheeseburger down his gullet in some of these memes for the rest of your life because memes do not age. That's not me like disliking you personally or being upset with you. That's just me telling you how memes work. Sorry, dude. They're not going to update your fucking headshot because you lost 70 pounds. <laughs> too little, too late, son. He does also say this weird shit at the end about how people like that he's friends with or friendly with in his community like tell him about like how he has a bunch of power, like how powerful he is in the community, how much sway he has. But like how it's actually not like that for him because he's just a humble YouTuber reporting on the news. The news, the facts, the Dragon Ball facts. Dude released a fucking video last week that said he, he's confirmed that Gohan is going to appear in the next Dragon Ball movie. Oh, you don't say. Based off those visuals that we got, that I talked about fucking 10 days ago and said the exact same thing. Did, am, I what, am I what sourced it for you? Am I your confirmation? Did my logic confirm that Gohan is obviously going to be in this next Dragon Ball movie? Is that your facts and logic that you report on from a YouTube perspective, you journalistic integrity loving motherfucker? Get out of here, dude. 
you literally report shit that you see on Twitter that is tweeted out in a Japanese account, and then one of your friends translates it to English. Get over yourself. Anyways, talks about how much people keep telling him how he has power, but he's a humble YouTuber or whatever, but he'll just continue to live rent-free in everyone's head. Or, or, excuse me, that would be the proper use of the phrase. What he actually says is something to the effect of, thanks for the free rent, which I guess still kind of works, but it, it just sounds like you're living somewhere for free, which I guess is kind of, you know, living in the purpose of the phrase of living in your head rent free, but without actually having to say the phrase living in your head, you just say, thanks for the rent. You just sound like you don't know how the fucking phrase works and you sound dumb. So anyways, uh, he then goes on to liken himself uh, like to a, a sports reporter, somebody who would uh, report that Re LeBron James is going to go to the New Jersey Nets next month before the trade deadline. And then he doesn't end up going. He's just the guy who's reporting that LeBron James is going to the New Jersey Nets, maybe according to rumors that he heard. But he's also a verified independent great well-sourced journalist who reports NBA trade line rumors or at least the equivalent to that in his opinion so the equivalent to what geekdom does and let's just keep it in in frame to what we're talking about today he goes off on a thing nine months ago about how he thinks it's obvious that Goku has surpassed Beerus he's so confident about it he goes to the point of bullying people and talking shit in uh, you know, on his timeline and Twitter, and being like, "Oh, look at this dude! He, oh, oh yeah, farm with a shotgun, so strong." So, you you liken your behavior there, which is basically, I guess, the equivalent of being like, "Yeah, this just in. I think that Goku is more strong than Beerus based on recent factual evidence." You liken your behavior on Twitter there to that sort of statement or reporting, like idealized. Your shit-talking tweets there would be like, oh, I feel uh, Goku has already surpassed Lord Beerus. And you're going to liken that behavior and that level of statement, that statement that you hold out to be like objective, like factual shit, not just like your surmising based off of the fucking recent chapters or whatever. You're going to hold it out to be objective to the point where you and your large-ass Twitter audience with all of your clout can bully people who think that Beerus is still stronger. You're going to equate that to somebody reporting NBA trade deadline rumors about LeBron James potentially getting traded to the New Jersey Nets and then it not happening. That's really what you're going to end your video with, you fucking genius. The smart response for this would have been to not respond at all, but I get it. They said that you were a fat YouTuber, dude. You've, you know, hit the keto. You've lost 70 pounds. You're doing much better. Good for you, dude. The boss response, the alpha response, the alpha response that you claim that you are so prone to just default to because you are, in fact, an alpha, which is fucking laughable in and of itself and a conversation for another day. The alpha response would have just been like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Which I guess you kind of did. But you did it in between like a bunch of shit talking and then a bunch of more like talking out of your mouth about how, yeah, I guess I was wrong. Who cares? And then you followed it up with, but like, was I really wrong? Because this is how I, this is how, you know, I changed my mind and things change. 
You said you were wrong like twice. And then it changed to things change or I changed my mind. Oh, you changed your mind with how you chose to interpret something in the series. And it made your previously objective, you know, seemingly objective statements. Like a thing that you can change your mind. Like, Pick a fucking lane. Be better than this. 700,000 subscribers and a fucking meme with a few thousand shares and some shit comments does this to you. And by the by, dude, you've got a bunch of white knights in the comments trying to suck your dick, defending you, going through this interview. And I'm talking to Danny now specifically because just in case he listens, I don't know if he does. <laughs> I don't know at all. But here's the thing, dude. If you go through some of those comments, which I know you did, you saw a bunch of guys go through these quotes and be like, oh, Uchida says that about Beerus. Tori Taro doesn't say Beerus out loud at all. So, oh, well, you know, he was wrong about this, but he said that, like, you see the dudes out here fucking simping for you. Don't pretend you don't. Let them do your dirty work. For fucking once, pretend to be the bigger person. I'm begging you, because for whatever reason, you're the dude that they chose to elevate in terms of this fandom. For whatever reason, it's you and your fragile-ass ego-having self. You who can never be wrong and always must be right, and when you are proven wrong, know you were actually right all along, but you changed your mind and or things changed. For whatever reason, you are the fucking guy. Do better by our fandom. And stop acting like a fucking baby, please. Just ignore this shit, please. Please. Because we've already got a, like a, a, a caustic fucking thing in this fandom with nothing to really talk about much of the time. Outside of a manga chapter once a month or, you know, Super Dragon Ball Heroes once every six weeks or a new, you know, a new chapter of that. Like, we don't have a ton to talk about. And then drama like this happens and you fucking capitalize on it to the point where I get so mad that I got to talk about it because I just think it's such a fucking waste. Like you are, you are a fucking waste of time and talent. And that's, you know, you've got time. You've certainly got talent. You've certainly got love and passion for Dragon Ball. Stop wasting your goddamn time with shit like this. And making the rest of us look like even bigger chuds than we already are. We are already fighting an uphill battle, Danny. Ugh. Anyway, that's going to do it for Super Dope this week. Anniversary things happen on Sunday afternoon. You want to get involved, leave us a voicemail, 401-213-9596. that the number? I think it is. It's probably in the fucking show notes. So open up your app. Go look at the show notes, hit, hit the number, it'll dial, and then you can leave us a funny message and I can listen to it with Mike Norm, Jimmy, presumably Carlton, while we drink some beers and watch some Super Dragon Ball Hero. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sorry for the long solo rant. It wasn't quite as long as I expected, which is pretty good but still danny what the fuck dude cut it out like we don't have enough problems as dragon ball fans you gotta be piling on with your fragile ass ego shit jesus dude. wonder if you listen to this show Mom.
Anyway. Danny, do you listen to my show? Probably not, but like sometimes things happen where like you kind of think, yeah, maybe he does. So we'll see. Bye.